Welcome to Zichud Avsiman, member by Ram Golda, and today we're going to Kama, the eighth parak, Hachovel. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, Rabbi asked if one pays for an injury which caused a temporary loss in value. For instance, where he hit the victim on his hand and his hand shriveled, but its end is to return to full health. Does he not pay any damages, although he pays for unemployment, since it will heal? Or perhaps now, at any rate, he reduced the victim's value on the slave market, since most buyers are uncertain if he'll fully recover. The Gemara concludes that this question is the subject of a machokz between Abai and Rava. Abai says, He gives him payment for his major unemployment, meaning his temporary loss of value caused by his current inability to work, and for his minor unemployment, meaning his current loss of income as a shomer kashuim, a cucumber watchman. Rabbi says, He only gives him the value of his daily loss of employment based on what he normally earns, but does not pay for the temporary damages. Pointing to the Mishnah Daf Pei Gimel Amabes taught about Bosha's payments. It's all assessed according to the status of the humiliator and the humiliated. Now, this is Malchokas in a Bryce where Rabmer says that all victims are viewed as aristocrats who lost their wealth. Shehem b'nei Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, because they're the descendants of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. A poor person is not assessed according to his poverty, which would be too lenient, nor is a wealthy person assessed according to his wealth, for the claim would be endless. Rather, we use the above middle assessment, which befits descendants of the Avos. Rehuda says, A great person is paid according to his greatness, and a lowly person according to his lowliness, meaning we do not consider financial status. Rabbi Shimon says, Wealthy people are assessed as aristocrats who lost their wealth. As Rehuda said, But poor people are assessed like the least among the poor. The Mishnah cannot be Rabbi Meir, who does not consider financial status. It also cannot be Rabbi Yudah, because the Mishnah later obligates Boshas for humiliating a blind person, and Rabbi Yudah does not. Rather, it must be Rabbi Shimon. And pointing with you, the next Mishnah states that when he humiliates a sleeping person is Chayev. Rabbi Abba Brahmamu asked, Bishu Yashim Vameis Mahu, if he humiliated him while he was sleeping, and he died in his sleep, and never realized he was humiliated, what is the halacha? Razvid explains the question, Mishum Kisufahu, is Boshas paid for feeling embarrassment? Baha Misle Velese Kisufa, and this one died without having any embarrassment, so the assailant would be exempt. Odim Mishum Zilusuhu, or perhaps it's because of the public degradation to which he subjected his victim, Baha Uzle, and here too he degraded him, although he never knew. Rav Papa explains the inquiry differently. Mishim Kisufi Didehu is Boshas paid because of his personal embarrassment, and here the victim died without experiencing embarrassment, and the assailant would be exempt. Or perhaps it's because of the family's humiliation, in which case he would pay even though the victim died. So once again, the three points are number one. Rabbi asks if one pays for an injury which caused a temporary loss in value, for instance, where he hit the victim on his hand and his hand shriveled, but its end is to return to full health. Does he not pay any damages, although he pays for unemployment, since it will heal? Or perhaps now, at any rate, he reduced the victim's value on the slave market, since most buyers are uncertain if he'll fully recover. The Gemara concludes that this question is the subject of a machokz between Abai and Rava. Abai says, He gives him payment for his major unemployment, meaning 
his temporary loss of value caused by his current inability to work, and for his minor unemployment, meaning his current loss of income as a shomer kashuim, a cucumber watchman. Rabbi says, He only gives him the value of his daily loss of employment based on what he normally earns, but does not pay for the temporary damages. Pointing to the Mishnah Da Pei Gimel Amabes taught about Bosha's payments. It's all assessed according to the status of the humiliator and the humiliated. Now, this is Malkokas in a Bryce where Rabmer says that all victims are viewed as aristocrats who lost their wealth. Shehem b'nei Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, because they're the descendants of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. A poor person is not assessed according to his poverty, which would be too lenient, nor is a wealthy person assessed according to his wealth, for the claim would be endless. Rather, we use the above middle assessment, which befits descendants of the Avos. Rehuda says, A great person is paid according to his greatness, and a lowly person according to his lowliness, meaning we do not consider financial status. Rabbi Shimon says, Wealthy people are assessed as aristocrats who lost their wealth. As Rehmer said, But poor people are assessed like the least among the poor. The Mishnah cannot be Rabbi Meir, who does not consider financial status. It also cannot be Rabbi Yudah because the Mishnah leader obligates Boshas for humiliating a blind person, and Rabbi Yudah does not. Rather, it must be Rabbi Shimon. And pointing with you, the next Mishnah states that one who humiliates a sleeping person is Chayev. Rabbi Abba Brahmamu asked, Bishu Mahu, if he humiliated him while he was sleeping, and he died in his sleep, and never realized he was humiliated, what is the halacha? Razvid explains the question, Mishum Kisufahu, is Boshas paid for feeling embarrassment? Vaha Misle Velese Kisufa, and this one died without having any embarrassment, so the assailant would be exempt. Odil Mishum Zilusuhu, or perhaps it's because of the public degradation to which he subjected his victim, Vaha Uzle, and here too he degraded him, although he never knew. Rav Papa explains the inquiry differently. Mishim Kisufi Didehu is Boshas paid because of his personal embarrassment, Vuhumaisle, and here the victim died without experiencing embarrassment, and the assailant would be exempt. Odim Mishim Boshas Mishpacha, or perhaps it's because of the family's humiliation, in which case he would pay even though the victim died. All right, so now we go to Simmer Da Vav, and her standard simon is police. Police, so here goes. The policeman who got assaulted, who received payment for unemployment, but not for damages, since his broken arm was going to heal, was grateful he received a Boshas payment assessed as an aristocrat who lost wealth since he was a descendant of the Avos. Unlike the poor guy he found a while back who was humiliated when he was asleep and then passed away, who received nothing at all. Once again, some motion. The policeman, policeman, that must be on Duff, pave up, police. The policeman got assaulted who received payment for unemployment, but not for damages since his broken arm was going to heal. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses paying damages for a temporary loss in value. The Gemara concludes that this question is a subject of Malchok, between Abai and Arava. Abai says, no He gives him payment for his major unemployment, meaning his temporary loss of value caused by his current inability to work, and for his minor unemployment, meaning his current loss of income as a Shomer Kashuim. Rabbi says, He only gives him the value of his daily loss of employment based on what he normally earns, but does not pay for the temporary damages. So the policeman who got assaulted who received payment for unemployment, but not for damages, since his broken arm 
was going to heal, was grateful he received a Boshe's payment assessed as an aristocrat who lost wealth since he was a descendant of the Abbas, which reminds us the Mishnah Daf Pegamama base taught about Boshe's payments. It's all assessed according to the status of the humiliator and the humiliated. This is a Malchokas and a Bryce where Ramirez says that all victims are viewed as aristocrats who lost their wealth. Shambhani Avon Yitzhak Yaakov because they're the descendants of Avon Yitzhak and Yaakov. A poor person is not assessed according to his poverty, which would be too lenient, nor is a wealthy person assessed according to his wealth, for the claim would be endless. Rather, we use the above middle assessment which befits descendants of the Avos. Additional opinions are brought. So the policeman who got assaulted who received payment for unemployment but not for damages since his broken arm was going to heal was grateful he received the Boshe's payment assessed as an aristocrat who lost his wealth since he was a descendant of the Avos. Unlike the poor guy he found a while back who was humiliated when he was asleep and then passed away who received nothing at all which reminds us the next mission states that one who humiliates a sleeping person is liable. Rabbi Abba Barmama asks if he humiliated him while he was sleeping and he died in his sleep and never realized he was humiliated what's the halacha? Rav Zid explains the question is is Bosha's payment for feeling embarrassment and this one died without having any embarrassment so the assailant would be exempt or perhaps it's because of the public degradation to which he subjected his victim and here too he degraded him although he never knew. Rav Papa explains the inquiry differently. So once again, the policeman who got assaulted who received payment for unemployment but not for damages since his broken arm was going to heal was grateful he received the Boshe's payment assessed as an aristocrat who lost his wealth since he was a descendant of the Avos. Unlike the poor guy he found a while back who was humiliated while he was asleep and then passed away who received nothing at all. Alright, so now it's time for four blah back Chazar. Dav Pei Base. So the similar Dav Pei Base is peanut butter. So here goes. During the Monday morning, Kriya Satora on the peanut farm, peanut farm, that must be on Daf Pei Base, peanut butter. During the Monday morning, Kriya Satora on the peanut farm, as the Pasuk about the Yid not finding water for three days was read, which reminds us, the Gemara lists ten takanas which Ezra enacted, one of which is Vakorn B'Shenu B'Chamishi. They read from the Torah Monday and Thursday. The Gemara said this was instituted much earlier when the Jews were traveling in the desert. The Pasuk says they went for three days, but did not find water. And this is darshaned in Mayim El Torah. Water is only intended to refer to Torah. So why then is it referred to as Ezra's enactment? The right answer is that the original enactment only required one person reading three psukim, or three people reading three, corresponding to the three groups of Jews, Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. Ezra instituted that three people read a total of ten psukim, corresponding to the Asar Batanim, the ten unoccupied men of the city. So, during the Monday morning Kriya on the peanut farm, as the Pasuk about the Yid not finding water for three days was read, a man barged in and said that his wife got peanut butter stuck in her hair and was having a hard time combing it out, which reminds us, Ezra's eighth takana was, that a woman shall comb her hair to remove any chatzitza and then immerse herself in the mikvah. The Gemara said this requirement is a derisa and answers that derisa one would only be required to examine the hair, for perhaps it's knotted or somewhat dirty, thereby invalidating the tefillah because of a chatzitza. Ezra Institute that women comb their hair to ensure that there's no chatzitza. So, during the Monday morning Kriya Satora on the peanut farm, as the Pasuk about the Yid not finding water for three days was read, a man barged in and said that his wife got peanut butter stuck in her hair and was having a hard time combing it out, and said he noticed a pig in a peanut sack hanging on a rope 
on the outside wall, which reminds us, the Mishnah Dav Ein Tes Amabay stated, One may not raise swine anywhere. This is based on the incident when Hyrcanus was besieging his brother Astaboas in Yushalayim. When the besiegers put a swine into the basket that was meant for the land that would be used for the daily avoda, and it stuck its hooves into the wall, and Eretz Yisrael shook. 400 parsa. At that time, they declared, Cursed is the man who raises swine. Daf Pei Gimel, so the similar Daf Pei Gimel is a pogo stick. So here goes. The boy in the pogo stick, pogo stick, that must be on Daf Pei Gimel. The boy in the pogo stick being chased by a dog, which reminds us, the Mishan Daf Ein Tesamabe stated, One may not raise a dog unless it's bound with chains. Bryce adds that one may raise a dog near the border of a neighboring nation for protection and should tie it up by day and release it by night. One who raises dogs is like one who raises pigs and is included in the rabbi's curse for raising swine. So the boy in the pogo stick being chased by a dog jumped past the Chamisha Dvarim based him, which reminds us, the eighth paragraph begins, One who wounds his fellow, can be liable on his account for five things, Benezek, damage, sar, pain, repui, healing, sheves, unemployment, and Boshes, humiliation. The Mishnah elaborates on each one. So the boy in the pogo stick being chased by a dog jumped past the Chamisha Dvarim Basin, where a man who was assaulted and lost his eye walked out with cash compensation, which reminds us the Gemara brings sources that Ein Tachas Ein, eye for eye, means monetary payment. Daf Pei Dalad. So the similar Daf Pei Dalad is a launch pad, and we often use a rocket ship. So here goes. The man in his rocket ship, rocket ship, that must mean we're on Daf Pei Dalad. The man in his rocket ship he bought with the monetary compensation he was awarded for losing his eye, which reminds us the Gemara brings three more sources that Ein Tachas Ein means monetary compensation. One of the sources is the Torah says regarding Eim Zomim, Yad Biyad, a hand for a hand, which the Gemara explains as extra teaching, something which is given from hand to hand, meaning money. So the man in his rocket ship he bought with the monetary compensation he was awarded for losing his eye, which he named Yad Bayad, about to find a Bible to collect more compensation for regal damages, which are common and involve a monetary loss, which reminds us a monetary collection is only made in Bavo, but most of the Kis, in a manner which is common and also involves a monetary loss, such as a loan dispute. Therefore, when a person injures another, which is uncommon, damages are not collected. Boshas, humiliation, is not collected because it doesn't involve a monetary loss. Although Rav has said that we collect damages one ox inflicts on another, we do not for Karen of a tum, which is a kanas, and a muad is an uncommon occurrence in Bavo. Rather, he is referring to damages under the categories of shane and regal, the muadim and where they are considered muadim from the beginning. So the man in his rocket should be bought with the monetary compensation he was awarded for losing his eye, which he named Yad Biyad, about to fight a Bavo to collect more compensation for regal damages, which are common and involve a monetary loss, was approached by a man who said he owed him money for the pain he caused when the rocket ship's flames burned his fingernail. Which reminds the brings the Malkogs whether one pays for its tsar and shalobamakam nezek, pain without damage, such as burning someone's fingernail. Daf Pehe, so the similar Daf Pehe relates to a pe, a mouth, and we use a dentist. So here goes. The poor dentist, dentist, that must mean we're in Daf Pehe. The poor dentist who got injured in his hand and was trying to evaluate Tsar by assessing how much he would give to have it amputated by a painless potion versus a sword, which reminds us, the Gemara is how to evaluate Tsar by Magnesic pain where there's permanent damage. The Gemara ultimately explains we assess how much a person wants to give to have his hand, which is inscribed to the government for amputation, cut off regarding the difference in pain between the amputation by a potion, which is painless, and by sword. 
So the poor dentist who got injured in his hand and was trying to evaluate Tsar by assessing how much he would give to have it amputated by pain as potion versus a sword noticed sores developed because of his excessive bandaging, still entitling him to repu in Chavis, which reminds us, Rava explains that all agree that permission is given to bandage a wound, and the assailant is liable for any resulting sores. But, well, neat no yasur, it's not given for excessive bandaging, where the resulting sores are partially the victim's negligence. Rapido holds that he pays for healing because the repeated word rapo yurape to require a novel payment, but not an appointment. The Tanakama holds the linking of the two payments teaches that he even pays on employment, just like he pays for healing. So, the poor dentist who got injured in his hand was trying to evaluate Tsar by assessing how much he would give to have it amputated by a painless potion versus a sword. Noticed sores developed because of his excessive bandaging, still entitling him to repu in Chavez, but only unemployment assessed as a Shomer Kashuim, which reminds us, Ravis said that if one cut off someone's hand, he pays its value and the unemployment is assessed as a Shomer Kashuim, a watchman of cucumbers. If he then damages foot, he pays for it, and the unemployment is assessed as a doorman, as he cannot walk. If he blinded someone, he pays the eye's value, and the unemployment is that of grinding at a millstone. If he made someone deaf, he pays his full value and no unemployment because he can't do any work. Rava asks if someone successfully inflicted all these injuries on someone, but no assessment for payment was made until the end, do we make one single assessment, obligating his full value, or is each injury assessed independently? All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff you that in Babel, they only judge cases that are milts in the shechichot, ispe cheson kis, that's on daf? Pay dollar. Good. Number two, which stuff do we discuss owning cats? That's on daf? Pay. Good. Number three, which stuff do we discuss whether one pays boshas for humiliating a sleeping person who then dies and was never aware of the humiliation? That's on daf? Pavov. Good number four. Which of the one sources that Ein Tachas Ein, eye for eye, is understood to mean cash compensation? That's on Duff. Pagimel. Good number five. Which stuff do you discuss how to assess Shevis unemployment? And that if someone loses his hand, he's paid as if he were a Shomer Kashuim, a cucumber watcher. That's on Duff. Good number six. Which stuff do you learn whether one gets paid in damages for a temporary loss in value? That's on Duff. Good number seven. Which stuff do we learn about Yehoshua's ten to nine for dividing the land? That's on Duff. Pay off. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn about Mirah holds that in terms of Boshas, victims are assessed as descendants of the Avos? That's on Duff. Pay off. Good number nine. Which stuff do we learn that one may not raise domesticated animals in Eretz Israel, and if one did, he may sell them little by little? That's on Duff. Hey, good. Number 10. Which stuff do you learn about the compensation one receives for sores that develop under his bandages? That's on Duff. Hey, hey. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is everybody. Ram Goldhoff from Zikhu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.